the future. A relentless, desperate wasteland ravaged by nuclear war. With the destruction of the internet and search engines such as Google, accurate information about the past is traded like currency. Two brave travelers are commissioned with the dangerous task of going back through time to gather as much information as they can to find out about the late 20th and early 21st centuries in hopes that a future society may rebuild what was lost and avoid the horror of a smoldering radioactive planet. But there is a catch. The travelers journey back across eons of time is a one-way trip, leaving them stranded in the past. Wait, what? There's no way to communicate their findings to the future other than burying reinforced time capsules in the ground. In the hopes that one day recordings such as these will be unearthed to provide a glimpse of the world that once was. This is the mission of the crispy coated robots. And it must succeed. Hey, it's Jim. And it's Joseph. And it is George. Welcome to episode number 124 of Crispy Coded Robots. And today, this is going to be a good show today, guys. I have been thinking about this show, waiting for this show for a week uh, since our last show. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we got the, the facsimile from the home office uh, a week ago. And uh, the it's going to be a good show. You know, we're saving the future here, boys. That means uh, from, that you've thought about the show a week more than Jim has, <laughs> who made his that list is, 30, 30 minutes ago. <laughs> that is always I've the got case. my new system. It's back in front. Instead of side to side. <laughs> I, no joke. I have seen Jim write, write his list out on like straw paper. And from still my list straw. is better than yours. God and, dang, uh, that must hurt. <laughs> No, this, this every is single week. This like, is the truth. He does hey, it right there, before off the top of his head. It's doing doing 20 minutes of research. This is and the truth. Still better there than mine. If you go back and you hey, listen, let's just you go stop back the and show now. Some of the early shows. He literally can't read his own writing and he holds it up to me, which I'm not going to help him. <laughs> and uh, still that list that? is better. Even the lists I couldn't read were better than his. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know, painstakingly no. went hey, over it like for 20 minutes, Joseph. And I just kind of come straight off the top of the dome argument. and just bam. Ow. You want to know because the higher his voice gets, the more desperate his argument is. I'm not desperate. You know, it's true. Baby. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Very white, baby. You know, it's All right. true. All right. Let's, let's get started. Let's get killed started, every week. Guys. All right. Uh, Joseph, what, what are our topics? So both our topics today. We have uh, one topic is movies within movies or television shows uh, that are referenced in movies. In other words, we're talking about movies that we wish were real but aren't. Those are the fake movies that you can kind of see. So we can either it can be either a television show that's not a real television show or a movie that's not really a movie, but you sort of wish they were. Second topic, we're doing a good, bad, and ugly of accents used in movies uh so this is the whole gamut here i want to talk about real quick let's go back to the uh the fake movies and tv shows shout out to the folks at nestflix.fun because they've actually they've actually go ahead and they've coined this if they called it 
Uh, they call it Nestflix because it's films and TV shows nested in other films and TV shows oh. that aren't real. And so, they right. have it like they have it all kind of uh, spread out like Netflix. All of the all of the movies are like Netflix and they you click on now, it. And it'll tell you which movie it was referenced in. It's very cool. Can, can you actually see the little clip or or just. No, they don't have clips, but they'll give you like pictures of the movie. Like, like so, say if they had Gandhi two from VHS, they'll show okay. you, they'll show you what movie was referenced in and, and what year it came out and all this stuff. So, uh, Jim Kovacic's list tonight is brought to you by Netflix. I think all of ours are, cause they actually cover everything that's from, which well, I, did, I did not cheat. I actually, that's not cheating that's that's just being efficient that's just researching <laughs> see how see how this has got off he's so oh, look, look, he's so upset he's so upset he's so upset he's gonna so kill me guy, again he's gonna kill me again right in the five minutes uh, for the show he's gonna destroy me again i'm so upset Jim, I'm going to take the lead on this. Go ahead. So go ahead. I'm going to take the lead on this. And I'm going to ask you, what is your number five fake movie? Number five fake movie referenced in Seinfeld uh, during the episode when everybody's talking about the movie, The English Patient. Elaine tries to watch it and just can't get into it. Yeah. How can you have sex in a bathtub? (laughs) Yeah. So playing in the same theater is the family comedy Sack Lunch. Starring Dabney <laughs> Coleman. <laughs> and nice. This is kind of this is this is kind of genius for Seinfeld because at the uh, at the end of the eighties, beginning of the nineties, with the with the VHS boom, we had all these kind of big stars and kind of these terrible comedies. You know, like uh, there's one with Richard Mulligan in the army and all these comedians. They would just throw these movies together and, and put them straight to, to uh, VHS. And I thought it was kind of genius to have sack lunch with Dabney Coleman because Dabney Coleman was in, in some great films, but also, you know, once, he once could, you're supporting he your, get in a stinker, yeah. you're a supporting actor that, and you star in it. Usually it's kind of a, you know, you're the main star in it. Usually it's not as good as a, 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 a plus film or a list film. So sack lunch from Seinfeld is mine. And also I did research this too, that the fake poster is like a Seinfeld producer and his family in a paper bag. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. So nice. he got that extra points there. That's right. right. So sack lunch is my number five. What about your number five, George? Well, is Joseph, are you the host tonight? Are you kind of, he's just yeah, trying to yeah, move I'm, things I'm along. Like he's got I'm stuff gonna... to do, George. Right. He's got right. stuff to do. Well, Joseph, he doesn't want uh, us arguing about how good I am. Go, go ahead and George, ask me, Joseph. Number five. I'll, I'll be happy. George, uh, what's your number five? What's your right. disappointing you, number five? <laughs> so this is McBain from The Simpsons. Okay. Not very the, nice. Not the 1991 Christopher Walken movie. That, that has no relation. That Vietnam vet gets his old team together to overthrow a dictator or something. Uh, this is the cartoon. McBain uh, is a fictional action hero movie played by the actor. Do y'all remember the name? Rainer Wolfcastle. <laughs> Rainer uh, Wolfcastle. That's right. It's a take on. Uh, Swazenegger. Uh, well, it's John McClane from Die Hard. Uh, so all the, the whippy or the, the snappy sarcasm quips and everything. But it's Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger's thick accent. Yes. And the, this is totally fake, but they have McBain, supposedly came out in 1990. McBain 2, you have the right to remain dead. Okay. <laughs> That's right. McBain 3, McBain 4, McBain 5, fatal discharge. Okay. <laughs> and, and I love these next two. McBain 7, the final chapter. 
And then they have McBain. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> McBain six, the final chapter. And then McBain seven, you know, so in true Hollywood fashion, they just can't stop. Uh, but McBain. All right, it. Joseph, what is your number five? Okay, uh, my first entry is a fake pornography uh, movie. It is from The Big Lebowski, Log Jammin'. That's uh-huh. right, I'm talking about the star Carl Hungus in the Jackie Treehorn production of Log Jammin'. Uh, this is where, <laughs> uh, you know, the protagonist, uh, The Big Lebowski, Jeff Lebowski, uh, gets knocked over the head, and you have this whole... We, we've mentioned this before when we're talking about like hallucinization, uh, hallucinations, dreams, right? Dream sequences. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> dream sequences. Halluc- uh, halluc- dream sequences. <laughs> dream sequences. Uh, I feel like Porky Pig right now. Uh, uh, but uh, this is great. This is a great thing, especially that you have uh, the the nihilist Germans that are end up chasing oh, yeah. him with giant scissors, flea Amy, being one of them. Amy Mann, Amy, uh, uh, singer, uh, artist Amy Mann is part of that, and Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's so, right. Yeah. All right, that, Joseph, that, what that, is that, your Number f- what is your number five uh, accent? Okay, so this starts out with the bad. I start out with the really bad. And I'm talking about the 1992 Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula. Keanu Reeves trying to do an English accent. This was so awful. I, it was lambasted. You know, uh, Francis Ford Coppola tried to go on there and defend it. He was like, he really wanted to do a good job. But he came out still to performance. This was basically... Uh, Bill and Ted does English accents. It was so bad. It was so poorly done. The critics hated it. It distracted from the movie. I think the movie could have been better, uh, but everyone was so fixated on Keanu Reeves' bad accent that it just didn't work. So there you go. That's a good, that's a good, solid, solid one there. Yeah, (laughs) unfortunately. All right, George, number five for you. All right, number five for me is 1961... Mickey Rooney as uh, Mr. Uh, Yunoshi in Breakfast at Tiffany's. I like the racism. What are you talking about? So racism. (laughs) So racism. It is so racist and offensive um, characterization of of the Japanese. Now, keep in mind, the war with this country had been just 15 years earlier. So not that that excuses it, but it kind of puts it in context how it could even be made. Uh, but his eyelids are taped. He's got buck teeth and just the epitome of Hollywood racism to his credit though. Uh, a few years before he died, about six or seven years before he died, Rooney, Mickey Rooney uh, expressed regret about playing the role and said he wouldn't have done it. If he had known it would have offended people like it did, you know, cause he was, he was playing it for gags. He was, uh, just, you know, trying to be funny. Uh, and, and it was at the, you know, director's request. It wasn't like he made this character up on, on his own or anything, but, uh, he, he did feel bad, uh, about it and how to hurt people, which was the opposite of what he was, was trying to do. But, uh, still it is the bad. It, it uh, is I would worst. say this is the ugly. This is definitely the ugly George. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you put this in here because it really is one of those things that it's, it's hard to defend. You can't, you just can't yeah. defend it, you know? So good, good one. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah my number five comes. It's the good. You guys did both on the negative side. Mine is good. It is Daniel day Lewis 
in there will be blood. Uh, the Englishman pulls off the, uh, I don't know, it's like a proper uh, American accent as Daniel Plainview, uh, Plainview. I'm Daniel Plainview. I'm an oil man. Uh, the accent kind of really kind of accents the entire performance. And this is probably one of the best performances actually on film. Uh, you have this kind of uh, really charlatan, a guy who steals oil from all these uh, nice people. And then at the end, he ends up killing him. Quite, <laughs> very, quite the bowler. Uh, very, very bowler, bizarre yes. bowling scene. And, uh, you know, he drinks his milkshake at the very end. But uh, as we all know, uh, this is pretty much his whole career from Lincoln. And no one's ever heard Lincoln talk. No one's, his voice was never on tape. But it was like, boy, he sounds like Lincoln. <laughs> well, he I, actually, I actually. Oh, he, go ahead. Well, he did his research for Lincoln, just to talk about that. And the I, the records indicate, okay, the he historical records voice. indicate they had a high-pitched voice. It was yes. somewhat squeaky. And so he was Sounds the first. Familiar. What are you saying? Well, to, no. About <laughs> oh, Jim. Oh, Jim. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> George is like, on the, ever since we said George's lists are terrible, he's been like on the defensive. But I can but understand anyways, he's got to defend his list because they are terrible. That's I, not I, true. I think you're right, Jim. I think I think this is great. I mean, his whole body of work, he can do accents. Yeah, he can really do accents. And this one, this whole thing, this whole, you know, that whole kind of proper talk and that, you know, uh, and just so slimy in this character, too. So I got to give it to him on the good side. Uh, the accent American. Oh, I, thought, I thought you were talking about Lincoln. No, I'm talking about the <laughs> Daniel Plainview just, and there will be blood so slimy is my like number five. You know, so I'm an oil slimy. man. This is my son, HW. And of course, yeah. he just uses he tells the son that he is using him because he's a sweet face and helps him get oil. Ah, yeah. so there you go. I I own this movie, so I'm I am a little biased towards uh maybe throwing a vote that way because that that is a good one, a very good one. All right, Jim, you you give us your number four. For what? For fake, fake, fake movies. movies. You're going to be a host. Shows. Please tell me what to give you the number four for. Jeez. You guys are horrible. Why? why are you? I'm so sorry. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you here. <laughs> well, be a host. Okay. A, did did you hear that? For? Did you hear that high Jay Leno <laughs> kind of screechy? Yeah, yeah. I'm about to turn off. Okay. Going thing. back to fake I'm, movies here. Uh, we're I'm on number to, four, Jim. What's your number four? You're about sorry. to have a real fake movie. Crispy Cut of Robots. 30 minutes. Done. Um, <laughs> my fake movie is from Tropic Thunder. It's called Simple Jack. It kind of frames the oh, entire uh, film with Tropic Thunder. It's kind of where the uh, the Tug character played by Ben Stiller tries to do something serious. And as Robert Downey Jr. says in the film to him, never go you full nev- retard. Yeah, you never go full retard. <laughs> yeah, one with the Oscar, like Paul, like uh, Tom Hanks, he went, went halfway. And then he said, because uh, Sean Penn in the uh, movie went full and he wasn't nominated for it. <laughs> but uh, it ends up being uh, pretty important to the plot, too, because the uh, the folks that they get involved with shooting the movie, the, the, the uh, villains, Vietnamese villains, actually love, love Simple Jack. And he has to yeah. perform it every night for them. But uh Great One man show, it, yeah. <laughs> the movie, and they show scenes from it, and uh, and they have the. I think it's the funniest thing is they have uh, when uh, Matthew McConaughey's agent in the background. You see the simple jet kind of sign <laughs> with the like the butterfly <laughs> kind of going up and down. <laughs> <laughs> so simple Jack is my number four pick. So this is uh, my number three. So it makes oh, it into the canister. Nice, uh, and and it was really hard because. You know, in Tropic Thunder, you had, you know, uh, 
Satan's Alley, which we've referenced before about the uh, two gay priests, uh, Robert Downey Jr., yeah. Robert Downey Jr., uh, and Toby Maguire, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like uh, you had that. You also had uh, Jack Black doing sort of the fatties, you know, the fatties. <laughs> yeah, the fatties fart <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, I had to go with Simple Jack because uh, Simple Jack was so pivotal in the story itself. So good job, good it's job. Mixed I like it, it in. I like it when they actually, like in this case, it actually works towards the plot. You know, we see it at the beginning and we see it sprinkled and then it's like, oh my gosh, here he is. He's doing it. Uh, so that's good. The future will know about Simple, Simple Jack. Jack. George, what's your number four? My my number four uh, is going to be a TV show within a movie. Okay. And this is from Mike Judge's hilarious 2006 kind of Rip Van Winkle-esque satire about the future called Idiocracy. Okay. And, uh, you know, they make an announcement coming up next on the violence channel. First of all, that's <laughs> funny that there's just a channel devoted to violence and all new Al My Balls. Uh, oh, that's right. That's the, right. The, the fictional show has this man who continuously gets hit in the testicles. Uh, there is no other plot or character, uh, and idiocracy, Mike Judge, he shows how the future society is slowly devolving into the state of anti-intellectualism and just they're uniformly unthinking and, and everything. But they, I, I discovered recently, they actually have a game that you can play on your phone or, you know, your device, your, your tablet or whatever uh, called Owl My Balls. And the premise is this, you know, where... It's just somebody getting hit in the groin with, with different things or, <laughs> or landing, you know, falling from a great height and landing on, on something, but, uh, all my balls. And, you know, the thing of it is when this came out in 2006, that was at the height of America's uh, funniest home videos. That's right. And there was always a segment where there was a testicular <laughs> damage. Uh, yeah. Is that, is that show still on? Yes. Oh boy. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And he was basically saying, okay, this is entertainment. This is what entertainment is. Well, let's just jump forward a couple of hundred years and see, you know, where it'll just be that I was tempted to have the movie that won best picture. <laughs> I thought you were going to go that's for that. That's an honorable mention for me. That's uh, an honorable well, mention I'll for let, me. I'll let y'all talk about that later, but, uh, <laughs> I, I broke, uh, with Al My Balls because it just got more uh, screen time on there. So, <laughs> All right, there we go. Joseph, what's your number four? So my second uh, pornography entry Whoa. is... Uh, okay, this Bro is the movie you want to see. Brockland, <laughs> Brocklanders... Angels live in my town. I'm talking about Boogie Nights. Uh, this is Mark Wahlberg uh, with John C. Riley as his, as his sort of, you know, second you know, a uh, partner uh, where they do these Kung Fu action. Oh yeah. Pornography kind of things, you know, like he wants to make a real movie. He just yeah. doesn't want to make a porn. He wants to make a real movie. And so uh, Brock Landers is this, you know, detective agent cop in there. It captures the 70s so well, you know, uh, with it that, uh, that uh, I had to put it in. So there you go. Brocklanders. Angels live in my town. Nice. Um, on to number four, bad accent. Joseph, what do you got? Okay. Number four is actually good. In fact, 
I would even say probably the best accent. Uh, it's, you know, everyone that talks about accents, I'm talking about Meryl Streep's Sophie's Choice. Uh, she plays a Polish woman uh, that is faced with sort of this horrible choice, choice <laughs> to make uh, and all that. But the Spoiler. idea behind it is, is that, you know, people... You know, uh, Polish people, as well as people around the region, and all that really, really said that her accent was was perfect, you know, uh, that this well, American she, could pull it off. You know, she is, she is of Polish descent. She is a Polish descent, but you know, no, I just that, made that up. I just, totally oh, I, made that up. I, 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 I'm just <laughs> challenging saying. the research. Oh yeah. 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 I, I read that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Fine. You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is one of those things that, uh, that uh, she, she's got a claim for it. You know, everyone's like, she actually did accents so well. This was her best, but she did accents so well that actually people started to become critical of her, of saying, why is this American getting all these roles when they could be giving them to English actors and, you know, European actors and things of that nature because she was doing such a great job. So Sophie's choice. All right, George, you're number four. All right. This is another bad one. It's not racist bad. It's just lazy bad. Uh, it's Kevin Costner from uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, 1991. And Costner is attempting a British accent as Robin Hood. And it is so cringeworthy uh, because sometimes he has the accent and sometimes it's Costner with his, you know, American kind of drawl, uh, you know, and uh, it's just... Uh, it's it's just lazy for a guy that got forty million dollars to to work on this, at, uh, and probably more than that after points and things. Just lazy, awful, and it's so bad. You know, in Mel Brooks's Robin Hood Men's and Tights, uh, <laughs> the Robin Hood in that Carrie uh, Ills says that unlike some Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. You know, even worse though is Christian Slater in the movie. Uh, who's like going for this crazy cogni thing. And then just, if you watch the movie, if you watch it just for the accent, which I don't recommend, um, it just kind of stalls out. And towards the end of, of the, or halfway through the film, he just stops. And you know, these films aren't done in chronological order. Uh, most films, they're kind of, you know, shot at different times. It makes me wonder if the English accent got better <laughs> like it, like they both started off as American and then kind of got, Hey, let me try this English thing and got better at it. Uh, but when you watch it in the sequence of, of events, you know, chronologically in the movie, uh, both of them just kind of stop being English for a little while. Uh, but Kevin Costner is the one I'm going with Prince of so uh this is also on my list so it makes it in the canister wow uh it makes it in and uh the person i feel the worst for is that alan rickman because he had to endure all this you know being in you know being english and all that he had to suffer with this and there's just so much inconsistency no wonder uh, he because he's the sheriff of nottingham no wonder he's so (laughs) angry Right, yep. right. So there you go. It makes it in. All right. So uh, my number four is one of the greatest accents of all time put on film. It was from 2022. Uh, yeah. 
It is. Okay, we'll go with that. Sure. It's Jared Leto in uh, <laughs> House of uh-huh. Gucci as Paolo Gucci. So good. Uh, <laughs> I'm half Italian, so <laughs> I mean, it, it is, it's, uh, it's hilarious. It is, you know, the most. my favorite part, part of the movie every time he's on screen because you have this kind of, he's doing his dramatic thing. He's, he's trying his best, but the accent is just so stereotypical, but it's hilarious too. It just, you know, why don't you like me? You are my favorite. You like a little mouse. You're so sweet. <laughs> and then he tries to he tries to get mad. I guess when uh, you know the uh, the character is his cousin. You know doesn't you know does that thing at the fashion show where he shuts it down. Why? Why would you do that to me? <laughs> I couldn't, so I Mario. couldn't figure out if he was doing it on purpose, purposefully doing it bad. I I really got confused. Honestly, well, and this is the truth. I got confused by the accent. I'm like, why is this so bad? How how was this? It allowed was so to bad. Be? It was good. It was really good. I mean, it was good. I mean, I think he was the most. Uh, with, for all the accents, bad accents going on, I think he was the most intriguing thing of the movie, just because <laughs> just the makeup, the heavy makeup too, that you have this, you know, this unrecognizable, unrecognizable with this with this bald head. He did. He originally wasn't up for this role, but after he saw it and read read for it, he said he he definitely had to have it. So he's willing to do the makeup and then do the uh, the accent that we. All all know and love is Paolo Gucci. He's like a little mouse. It was just like, it was just like anybody like you say, Hey, you do you do an Italian accent. And you know, they go straight to the pizza guy on the pizza box with the big mustache and the hat, you know, it is delicious. So you're going to love it. So <laughs> you and Joseph saw this before I saw it. And I remember uh, when we were getting ready for a show one night, y'all were talking about the movie. And I was like, so it's Ridley Scott. So it's, it's, it's a good movie guys. And y'all talked for 10 minutes. <laughs> never once told me if the movie was good. Just talked about this. Accent. It really makes an impression. It really and, uh, makes an impression. So I went into the theater like a week or so later and I'm, I'm like, Okay, well, they were right. They were absolutely right. He's doing scenes with Al Pacino. I mean, Al Pacino. I mean, Al Pacino's accent they said wasn't very good either, too, because you know. But he's doing scenes with Pacino. He's like, oh, da, 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 da. <laughs> it's like no one told him, hey, you know, uh, let's tone this down a little bit. <laughs> but good stuff. So Jared yeah. Leto is my number four. On to we'll go to number three on the uh, on the fake movies, then we'll take a break after that. Joseph, what do you got for your number three? Okay, well, I already did mine. Tropic Thunder. George, what's your number three? Uh, Purple Rose of Cairo, 1985. Uh, This is actually a movie that Mia Farrow, Cecilia, is watching in the movie story. Now, this is going to get kind of meta here in a minute. Um, But the the true life events of the movie, uh, they're set during the Great Depression in New Jersey, about 1935 or so. And a movie character on the screen is archaeologist Tom Baxter. That's played by Jeff Daniels. I think it was like one of the first Jeff Daniels movies I saw. He was in terms of endearment, but this was where I really noticed him. Uh, But the character, Tom Baxter, walks off the movie screen. uh, Mia Farrow goes to the theater like every day, catches the matinee, and the movie character actually gets distracted. It's like, there she is again, you know, and he, he goes off and he, he kind of pals up with her and she leads him around the, the real world and, and everything. 
but then what makes it even more interesting is there's a moment where the actor who played Tom Baxter, Gil Shepard, also obviously played by Jeff Daniels, gets involved with Pharaoh. And then she has to choose between the fictional uh, fantasy Jeff Daniels and the actor of, of Gil Shepard. Um, the film was recognized as one of the all-time 100 best films by, by Time magazine. But uh, I just, uh, that movie in 1985, it just kind of hit me. Uh, and it's, you know, it's been done since uh, we had uh, last action hero Schwarzenegger, you know, a couple yeah. of years later did last action hero, but uh, this, uh, and it, it, even though there's a gag to this, the message of, are you going to choose to live in fantasy or in the reality, even if reality can break your heart, which is what happens here. Spoiler. Um, and, and I just, uh, I thought, wow, that's, that's really neat, but purple Rose of Cairo. All right. Nice. nice. Question. Who was the original actor in purple Rose of Cairo that played the Jeff Daniels part replaced? Oh, I don't know this. What, uh, did you Joseph? He actually shot film, shot some scenes. Really? Uh, was it a little mess? No. Uh, Woody Allen said, hey, we'll work together some other time. It just didn't work out. It was Michael Keaton. Really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Huh. There you go. A little trivia what, here on the Christmas. So what, uh, what was the reason for that, Jim? Did he? Oh, they just, he just said he wasn't gelling with the party. Was it wasn't look, he's looking for. And Keaton's coming off all this, you know, Johnny Dangerously and Night Shift and stuff. So I'm, I'm thinking he's playing it kind of like Keaton-esque, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know, kind of so, wink, wink. Yeah. 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 The, uh, that's a good point, Jim, because this, what makes this work is as crazy as this plot is, it's played 100% straight. There, There's never any idea that this isn't something that could really happen. And that, that is what, uh, what makes it work. So nice. Yeah. Michael Keaton. There you go. Uh, my number uh, three fake movie comes from Jay and silent Bob strike back from 2001. It is goodwill hunting to oh, hunting yeah. season. <laughs> <laughs> How you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool when you have uh, the original stars and it take place in the parody <laughs> of the movie <laughs> when they're out there, uh, they turn into like uh, uh, killers and all that stuff too. It's, it's it, I liked it because they, you know, like I said, it was a uh, takeoff and then you had the original stars and they're embedded in this movie. Cause you know, I guess after yeah, they're friends, part, right. He's got more of a Kevin Smith relationship, but I think, uh, Matt Damon came in and on dogma. So, you know, he probably just called him up and said, here, I just want to do this, you know, and right. perfect parody of the, of, of what was a serious Oscar winning film. So my number uh, three selection is goodwill hunting to hunting season. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Very nice. Uh, so let's take a little break. Now we're, we're on the uh, midpoint of the show. We have a, I believe we have a, uh, in the carnival Ferris wheel. Oh boy. Should be interesting.
The ride is officially over, folks. And let me tell you, that was about as exciting as a real like <laughs> Mary, uh, Ferris wheel. I mean, let's face it. One of the worst rides ever because you get on it and you have to get everyone else on it. So it's like you just go up a little bit, they load someone up, you go up a little bit further, they load them, they let you go around twice and then you're done. Biggest ripoff yeah. in the world. Biggest ripoff in the world. Uh, Joseph, you don't understand what you're supposed to be doing on that ride. Yeah. All right, let's just move you're on. Sitting, now. You're sitting in a seat with hopefully somebody that you're interested in and uh you're holding them can, hostage <laughs> and no and nobody and nobody can see you on the ground level when you're up at the very top so uh, <laughs> all right we know george's moves now all right so let's That's try right. to number uh three accent joseph what do you got okay number three accent you know i'm i'm I only have two left, so I'm going to go with the bad yeah, we, one. We can we can do math here, thanks. And then <laughs> then well, I'm just saying, okay, uh, considered to be one of the worst by by they in 2017 they did a poll uh, and asked British and American actors to rank the oh. best British accent and American accent and vice versa, and the loser who was voted outstanding for the worst accent. British accent was Dick Van Dyke's performance yeah. in Mary Poppins. Yeah, this uh, is my number one. My number yeah, one. this is okay. Well, there you go. It's considered it's to be the worst holiday with Mary. In fact, whenever uh, Van Dyke did win the BAFTA award, he made a public apology oh, yeah. about his Cockney accent to the British. People. I've got it. I've got it right here. <laughs> nice. he said, I appreciate this opportunity to apologize to the members of BAFTA for inflicting on them the most uh, atrocious cogni accent in the history of cinema. And he still stands by that. I saw a Julie Andrews tribute and uh, Dick Van Dyke said the same thing. <laughs> he, he still knows it's bad, but uh, it was a delightful performance though, with a bad cogni accent. So great singing to, you know, what's sort of sad though, is that for kids of a certain age, that, you really thought that that was a good accent. Like, like, well, I didn't know what a Cockney accent was. I thought that's how all people spoke. You I know, dated, I dated an English girl, Siobhan Day, and so disappointed. She talked weird. She didn't talk this Cockney thing that it was supposed to, you know. Hey, George, <laughs> let's go up on the Ferris wheel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that thing we do off the ground, George. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know your you, tricks. You get to me on the Ferris wheel, George. <laughs> That's she right. sounds like a Get beautiful, this and beautiful woman, that, George. <laughs> a little bit her, of knickknacks. Her, her voice is actually lower than Jim's. It's weird. <laughs> Let's get on the fast wheel, George. <laughs> oh, so, so sexy. <laughs> My number three is yes. it is so bad, uh, but I think it works. I, I enjoyed this one. It actually helps the film. We know it's supposed to be bad, and that's what's funny is because it is so bad. I'm talking about Goldmember in Mike Myers, uh, Austin Powers, Goldmember, <laughs> and it's this horrible, horrible Dutch accent that's a parody of all the things that have come before it in, in this movie series. Um, had it been an, an accurate Dutch accent, I think it would have stripped away a lot of the humor, okay? Uh, 
he didn't even study Dutch accents. Okay. He just, he just made this one up. Uh, no, no. You know what his inspiration was, George, don't you? Talking about his father. His, his inspiration. Fasher. He was watching Fasher. the, he's watching the HBO show, real sex. And they had this, That's kind of, right. They had this kind of really weird guy who pretty much looked like gold member, uh, talking with us, that accent like that, you know, we put the, you know, his father <laughs> took the, so he, he kind of took it, took it and ran. Of course <laughs> we, we, you know, he was just a strange guy. So it was kind of yeah. a, a, a weird version of that. So. I forgot about it. I remember that now. And we've actually <laughs> talked about that on a, yeah. on a previous show. But yeah, mark this one down as I like it because it is so it's bad. A, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. This is on my honorable mention, so good good selection. My number three, back to bad Italian for our friend Nicholas Cage, uh, who Oof. could have also been considered for Con Air for his southern accent. But I decided, oh, yeah, yeah. I decided to go with Captain Carelli's Mandolin from uh, 2001. It is, it is Jared Leto light, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. but he's still doing the, you know, everybody must have side the night and the, 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 regarded as one of the worst accents in film. Pretty much sunk the movie, too, because this was uh, based upon like a, a pretty famous novel, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, he, and he's, he's, he's aside, uh, he's working alongside Penelope Cruz who actually can kind of have her accent as fits the film. And then you have Nicholas Cage doing this, uh, comical, almost, almost came off as an SNL skit, uh, like, yes, like Leto, yes. but, it, but it's, it's kind of Italian light, but Nicholas Cage is my number three for Captain Corelli's mandolin. The and, and let, let, let's talk about Nicholas Cage's actual name. He is Nicholas Coppola. Yeah. Coppola. You know, he, he has Italian roots. You yes. would think that he could just like go to a family reunion or something and sort of <laughs> say, Hey, this one, but he comes up with it. It's like, dude, do you, have you met an Italian person who really talks like that? Yes. You know? yeah. And now's the perfect time to talk about, check out our Nick cage. Good. The bad, the ugly Nick cage episode. Uh, it is, is Captain good. Corelli in there. You never know. Uh, you have to listen. It it in it is ugly and it is bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're we're back to fake movies number two. Joseph, what is yours? Uh, so you know Quentin Tarantino does a great job with his movies. He, everyone knows he's he's he, he's a film aficionado. He he loves his movies and all that. I'm talking about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. Uh, Operation Dynamite. Uh, that was one of my favorite films that the, uh, the character does, where it is sort of this Steve McQueen-esque type of road movie and all that. The look of it is amazing. He's an agent, but he's sort of like a street tough agent, you know, on that. And the, just the scenes from the movie itself, I'm like, man, I sort of wish I could watch this movie and all that. So that's my number two, the Rick Dalton. Yeah. Didn't they have like, I did like the, uh, in the movie too, all his movies, they had the official kind of Italian posters that were hand drawn uh, exactly. back in the day, yeah. kind of reflective of the period were, were very cool too. I mean, he had like Nebraska, Jim Tanner, yeah, yeah. kill me quick. Ringo yeah. said the gringo <laughs> and the 14 fifths of McCluskey. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. That whole, so, you know that those Clint Eastwood movies were all, yeah, as we know, spaghetti Western especially. types. Yeah, exactly. All hand drawn like that too. Uh, George, what is your number two? So we have an episode about Robert Altman, uh, and this is 
uh, a movie embedded in Robert Altman's 1992 masterpiece, um, The Player, okay, yes. with Tim's Ro Tim Robbins. The movie, the fake movie, is called Habeas Corpus. And early in Altman's movie, the real movie, there's a pitch for a film that's delivered by some unknown uh, or it's going to be an unknown actor dying in a gas chamber. And the guy pitching it describes that it's going to be a tour de force. It's going to be anti-Hollywood, no big names in the picture. Uh, it's going to be a black man in, on death row and all this. And the actual movie continues. Tim Robbins running around being blackmailed and whatnot. And at the very end, we see a sample of the movie that ended up being made. And we see Julia Roberts strapped to a chair in the gas chamber. Susan Sarandon is there kind of, you know, watching as a saintly onlooker. Smoke fills the area where Julia <coughs> Roberts is in. And then Bruce Willis busts in, shoots out the glass with a machine gun, races in to free her. It is the exact opposite of the film pitch at the, at the beginning. And that's what makes it so hilarious and how it made my list because all that Hollywoodness seeped in and all the compromises that had to be made uh, to make it end up being like all the other schlock that's out there. Uh, and a little side note, Julia Roberts, among others in, in this movie uh, did her cameo with, without any charge free uh, just you know, to be in that, that Altman film there, but, uh, that is it. Habeas corpus. This is my, this is my number six. If I had a number six, this would be my number six. It's so go. funny when you finally see how right. Hollywood has destroyed another, what would have probably been a work of art because it just, it can't help itself like a right. dog that returns to its vomit. You know, it just, it can't help itself. There we go. Uh, my number two is at the very end of the first film. It's a trailer for the second film that never came out that I really wanted to see. I'm talking about History of the World Part Two. Jews uh, in space. In space. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love that, uh, Joseph and I. That's what. And the <laughs> spaceships are the Star of David. <laughs> yeah. A Viking funeral, Hitler on ice, and Jews in space. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but wait. There's more. <laughs> oh, I always wanted to see it. I always loved History of the World Part One. I thought, you know, even though they, you know, critics didn't like it, they thought it was too vulgar, more vulgar than uh, Blazing Saddles. But uh, <laughs> so many great scenes. Count the money, the piss boy, uh, and then it's to see good it, to be to, king to see at the end they they're going to make a part two, and then of course it never came out. But it ended up being a fake trailer for a fake movie. Uh, so my number two is History of the World Part Two. I, I recently uh, I recently heard that they are that he is going to make this. They are making a TV show. Yes, yes. Is it a TV show? Okay, uh, it's uh, going to be like a Hulu show. Yeah, so they're they're going to put stories. It won't be the same as the movie. They're just going to come up with stories and kind of, well, they made up. There was the history of the world was made up, but very funny. Right. Uh, the Oedipus joke, I can't repeat here, but probably one of the yes. funniest things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's great. Great line. Great line. All right, you know. so let's move on to the number. Are we at number one fake trailer already? Uh, oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, we're, we're, number, we're number two best accent. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to step on your toes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll try to switch the paper over. So, so, which, so, yeah. so my number, my my last entry, which is good, great, brilliant, it comes from uh, the legendary Peter Sellers in Doctor Strange Love, where he actually does three accents. He does an American accent, a German accent, and an English accent, which is his actual, you know accent itself but uh he does such a great job in this performance i won't say that you know like they're brilliant but they're spot on i mean they're so good that you know him pulling this off you know uh where each character is living breathing realistic you you're buying into it you're not just saying oh that's peter sellers yeah, the the, the 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 arm that keeps on going up and down, but uh, I thought this performance was great and the accents were brilliant, so that's why I put it in as a good a good version of how accents can be done well. I heard a story, and I haven't heard that this isn't true. Uh, that Peter Sellers he would get into character much much like we were talking about. Um, Daniel Plainview there, uh, he would get into character on set and he would just be, he would stay on character. His mother came to visit Kubrick's set and he was in the character of the evil guy in the wheelchair, uh, which that is strange love, right? Right. Okay. So he was in character as that. And she actually left after trying to talk to him and he was in that thick accent and, and everything. <laughs> he, she just, she just left after, you know, 15 or 20 minutes of trying to just have a conversation with Peter Sellers, you know, uh, and he never broke. He was, he was that way the whole time. Uh, I thought that was wonderful, but no, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's right. awesome. Dr. Strangelove number two for you, George. Well, you're going to like this Joseph, uh, cause the odds of Peter Sellers making it in a canister going to the future to prevent the nuclear war to come. The big glow <laughs> is very good because this is uh, a character with an exaggerated French accent, actually inspired by Agatha Christie's uh, Belgian detective Perot. Okay. This is Peter Sellers as inspector Jacques Rousseau. And this is in Blake Edwards. Uh, you mean Peter Sellers or Steve Martin? I just want to make sure we're clear. No, we're talking. Oh my gosh. There's no Jim. Take that back. There's no, (laughs) what the hamburger. (laughs) I am a fan of, uh, Steve Martin, but not those movies. No, but, uh, Clouseau is the inept kind of absent-minded incompetent French police detective in these films and the accent, um, if, what's funny is if you watch those movies sequentially, the accent gets more exaggerated <laughs> the, f- the more films that are made. And uh, some of my favorites, uh, whenever he would pronounce the word room, R-O-O-M, is room. Room. Uh, and the Pope. A massage. The, <laughs> the, poop, the poop for the Pope. my massage. <laughs> and I think my favorite, boom. Or are, you, are you saying bomb? <laughs> yes, boom. You know, uh, <laughs> that's what I've been so, saying. You idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but it was a running gags that in the movies, even the French characters can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> right. And he's supposedly speaking French. So that is my number two. <laughs> two Peter Peter Sellers. Sellers entries. Yes. 
Mine is good too. It comes from 1988 coming to America. Eddie Murphy as Saul, the Jewish barbershop customer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> White guy. Yes. Jewish guy. <laughs> Who also, you know, <laughs> what about Rocky Marciano? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about Rocky Marciano. <laughs> He was the one guy that, you, you know, you see the one guy in the barbershop. And then he also was in the sequel in uh, 2020 also. So uh, the, the coming to America, but uh, the, the original one and, and a lot of people in the film did not know it was Eddie Murphy, uh, you know, until they find out afterwards, even Eddie Murphy went out. Yeah, it tells a story. He went out in that makeup in 1988 and got a got a date with an older lady <laughs> as the Jewish. <laughs> so that's how good the accent was. So uh, my number two, hey. Eddie Murphy is Saul. Is my number two. So that's a good one. Let's move on list. to number ones for fake movie. Joseph, what is it? 1983 strange brew the mutants ah. of 2051 ad a, a a movie that looks like it is like not even a b movie it looks like it's a d movie but you have you have the characters bob and doug mckenzie doing their own version of uh, uh what was the Most charlton Hesson movie no, oh. the Charlton Heston movie, uh, Omega Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. a blatant ripoff of Omega Man, yeah. but cheaply Statue done with cardboard, <laughs> you know, tape cardboard boxes to their van. Uh, this is something that, you know, they start out, they start out the film with, uh, it just sort of sets the tone for the movie of where it's going to go. So that's my number one. The it's Mutants of 2051. Statue of Liberty. It's gone, eh? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your number one, uh, George? I, I was a little nervous a few minutes ago because Joseph said the name of this movie. And I was like, uh-oh. Uh, but it is the 14 fifths, Fists of McCluskey. It's oh. from, it is from tw- Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And um, the, the whole movie, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie for the future it is another one of his what if historical fictions, like how Tarantino had uh, an Inglorious Bastards where Hitler got killed in a uh, movie theater. Okay, so spoiler if you haven't seen that. Uh, but Leonardo DiCaprio plays, like we said, actor Rick Dalton, who is a 1950s Western star. Okay, and this film. It just looks like it would have been an insane action film. Uh, the reason it's number one on my list is because this fake movie is vital, kind of like the uh, uh, the Jack uh, 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 um, Simple Jack movie. How it it comes back around in the plot of that of Tropic Thunder, the fi- the fourteen fifths of McCluskey. There's a moment in the movie where we see the scene where he's got a flamethrower and he's just like going nuts on, on the Nazis. Okay. But he has kept this flamethrower prop from the movie, which was a real flamethrower in his little shed out by the pool. And when members of the Manson family come around at the end of, of the movie of the real movie, once upon a time, um, he, uh, he breaks out the flamethrower and 
It's strange. I have never laughed at somebody being burned alive until this movie, but there's so much tension that is built up to, to when you get to this point that when that happens, there's actually a sense of relief because it is so over the top and you realize that the end that happened in, in real life with uh, the Tate actress did not it is is not going to happen in in this and so it's just the manipulation that tarantino is so good at but um he sets it up early with all of these fake movies and embeds this one in all those fake movies so you don't think twice about it and then he goes to the shed and he gets the flamethrower and you're like well of course of course that's what's about to happen so 14 nice nice mccluskey all right, my number one, The Office Season 7, Episode 17, one of the greatest episodes of all time, which featured the debut of Michael Scott's long-awaited film, Threat Level Midnight, a Michael Scott <laughs> joint <laughs> by Great Scott Films. It's the movie he's been working on. He's about to work on The Scar Nebulous, uh, <laughs> but he plays a, uh, uh, I don't even know if he's like a detective, a James Bond character. And it's just so cheaply made. And you want to see, I want to kind of see the whole two hour version of it, but uh, we see through the episode as he's showing clips of his film, uh, you know, there's still the office going on. Uh, this all originated from an earlier episode when they found the threat level midnight script in his uh, desk and yes, read through yes. when he was gone. So the producers decide, Hey, why don't we say that he actually made it? And it has the most ridiculous things you've seen in movies. Got the, uh, the uh, whole guru character played by Creed, the hockey coach. Uh, it's got <laughs> terrible death seeds. Uh, and it's got most of most the funniest thing. It's got a dance called the Scarn, which actually has, <laughs> you know, a little bit of a following right in the middle of the film. So I would love to see the whole thing get made. So my number uh, one is threat, little threat level midnight from the office with Michael nice. Scarn. Uh, there we go. So any uh, honorable mentions I had, um, the uh, the werewolves of the SS from uh, Grindhouse, where oh, yeah. yes. or Nicholas Cage played Fu Manchu. I also had See You Next Wednesday, which originated in uh, Kentucky Fried Movie. That was the movie that was in the sense around where the guy was feeling the other guy. But John Landis liked the idea so much about See You Next Wednesday. It's on the marquees for all his films. You see it on the, in the Blues Brothers and a couple other films in the background. Oh, wow. See you next Wednesday. Um, and I also had the, the, the movie uh, Joseph had, The Mutants of uh, 2051 from Strange Brew. Anybody else? Nice. Uh, I had, uh, this one's a little more recent, the Coen Brothers. I, I love all Coen Brothers film, but they did Hell Caesar. Uh, and you see it's, uh, George Clooney is a Roman centurion. It's, it's the tale of the Christ and crucifixion. And uh, Clooney is uh, Barrett Whitlock. Okay. Uh, and it just, the speech he gives at the end is so moving. And then, it, of course, it gets interrupted. But uh, it's, um, I, I think that that would be a fun movie to, to see. Um, I do have some honorable mentions for accents. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Cause we haven't got to number one yet. Okay. Uh, I did have one more honorable mention. I didn't mention it, which was from Shit's Creek, the crows three, the crowing 
uh, the return <laughs> of the Catherine O'Hare uh, character back to the, uh, oh, the yeah. Mibs. <laughs> so, so my only, my only uh, honorable mention is, let's see if I wrote it down or did I erase it? I may have erased it. Uh, no, Angels with Filthy Souls. Oh, Home Alone. Yeah. yeah Home, Home Alone. alone. Yeah. That's right. So, you know, that's the, the, a lot of people thought it was a real movie and so they, they actually did in the terrible Home Alone 2. Terrible Home Alone 2. They actually uh, made a reference to the sequel of this. It was called Angels uh, with Filthier Souls. Uh, <laughs> and it's so, so yeah. there you go. So that's All my right. only honorable mention. So let's do our accents and finally, and we'll get, be able to get to George's uh, honorable mentions for the accents. Uh, so what do you got for number yeah, don't, one? Don't get your hopes up. I only have one. <laughs> <laughs> number one, Joseph. I'm done. Number one, George. Number one for honorable mention accents. Nobody wants to see Harrison Ford as a Russian. Okay. <laughs> and in K9, the Widowmaker, he has this horrible semi-Russian accent. Uh, that it's just distracting to, to watch it the whole time. So uh, I think I think it actually hurt. I think it actually hurt the movie. Uh, we don't want to see him as a Russian, and we don't want to hear him as a Russian. So sorry, Harrison. Nope. K nine, the Widowmaker. That's your number one. That's my. Oh, what for accents? Yeah, we I asked for number, no. number one. Oh, I thought we were doing honorable mention. No, no. Dick, no. Dick Van Dyke has Bert the Chimney Sweep. That's your number one. Okay. That's cool. my number one. Okay. All right. My... Uh, stick, stick around, kids, for my honorable mention. Yeah. Where I talk about Harrison Ford. <laughs> we can't wait. Um, yeah. My number one whew, comes from 1997. John Voight's been in some great things. Oh, no. But his role as Paul Cerrone in Anaconda was puzzling. Uh, what yes. is his accent? Is what he Italian? Is, his accent? is he Spanish? Is he Colombian? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all we know is it's terribly bad and he's the villain in this film i he tells jennifer you know as he forces jennifer lopez to kiss him i haven't had a woman in years and I, i'm like what is this is this russian is this <laughs> I, the amazing thing is you know they got some good actors in this film they got jennifer lopez owen wilson ice cube eric stoltz it is injured the entire film void john is, void is a fantastic he's actor. a fantastic actor i just don't know yeah. what is the director standing by and watching this accent saying this is good good job john <laughs> i blame the director on like hey you know let's either dial it back or go full full on or something it just well, cha it changes I, and it's weird and it's crazy and and here's the thing though guys and y'all know this y'all are both movie makers in post go back and re-record you know yeah. you, you've got you've got him somebody should have caught this and said, oh, we, can, we can't, yeah, we can't use this. And then this is very common with actors all the time. You go into the studio and you re-record. So just go back and re-record it. Let, legend of uh, Greystoke. Uh, Anna McDowell, who had a Southern accent, could not pull off an English accent. So they went back, redubbed the whole movie and used Glenn Close's voice. For the English accent. So when they, you watch it, it's completely all dubbed. Time. All the time. Completely Why dubbed. not get Glenn Close to do this <laughs> voice in Anaconda? And, you know, at least we have one accent there. So Yeah, but he's supposed to be a Paraguayan snake hunter. Uh, and, when, <laughs> and when the snake spits on him, he looks I like totally Popeye. got that. I totally yeah. got that. <laughs> 
was, I was like, I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it is crazy. It is, it is, it is probably one of the weirdest accents I've ever seen in film. So my number one is John Voight. That's the a only, good one. The only other one I had, and it's kind of almost like an impression uh, accent was Woody Harrelson as Larry Flint gas up the jet. I thought when you see the real Larry Flint and you see Woody Harrelson yeah. he did a good job mimicking his voice, that accent, but uh, so George, my, Oh, what? I thought George had another one. Well, I do have an honorable mention. Okay. Uh, and okay. this is Harrison Ford. As a <laughs> All right, George Joseph, what's your honorable mention? Uh, honorable mention, and, and we had good, bad, ugly. This is just bizarre, strange. Uh, and I'm talking about Brad Pitt's Piker oh. accent and train spotting. You can't understand them. And it's like it's like a joke, and he, they're playing it for a gag, but it's just it's just so. Wait, Train spotting or snatch, 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 not train spotting. I was thinking the wrong one. I didn't write it down. I missed that. I didn't write it. Yeah, snatch. No, snatch. It's snatch. It's just so bizarre. uh, And you cannot understand them that uh, they really need subtitles. You know, they need some. But that's the gag with it. Nobody, the characters can't understand him. Uh, It's wonderful. Yes. So, so yeah, just strange. So that's my only honorable mention. Snatch. Okay, so we are officially done. Where you guys want to jump in? We got two matching on the accents and one on the fake movies and fake shows. Well, oh. before we get there, Jim, really, we have the latest segment of "We're Sorry We Suck." We're sorry we're doing uh, this segment. I, didn't, I did not agree uh, to that title. I apologize for the segment before it this happened. comes from this is sort of a special one, though, because it comes from our first female write in. Uh, I didn't think like women listen to us. I thought we were missing the whole X chromosome factor. With no, show. no. As soon as George uh, mentioned the Ferris wheel, the lady started jumping on. <laughs> so this comes from Denise Hand. Uh, Denise has an issue specifically with George in episode 122. Uh, I'm sorry, George. She points you out there. She says that that was like not that was like two. I know she she wrote in. She was very upset because you bragged about like this wonderful word that you used in the game of probe. Yes, uh, that you would use Zephyr and you spelt it Z-E-P-H-E-R. And she writes in. I oh, believe right. Yeah, I, I believe what he's talking about is like the West Wind reference of Zephyr, yeah. which is spelled Z E P H Y R. So uh, we talk about it all the time. Jim and I always it's an easy it target out. though. George Spelling is an easy target. I don't know. It's an apology. That's just yeah, but that's just the something game we deal with on the show. About. It's it's uh, it's an everyday occurrence. We just deal. The with game it. I was talking about is a spelling game. So she's got me. Whoa. What was her name? Jessica Hahn? <laughs> Denise Hahn. Denise, Denise Hahn. Oh, so, okay. Denise, we're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We suck. I did George. not agree to that title. <laughs> I did not agree to yes. it. Yes. Uh, George will take on a special Ferris wheel ride to make up for it. <laughs> you'll play probe yeah, up in the air. With my Cogney accent. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll say, ow, my balls. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh wow! Sorry, yeah. about that. sorry about that. Wow. Just I was just Jim. reading. But look at our look yeah. at our board. Really, the apologize for spelling. Look at our board right now. George spells out everything on our board. This is this is fifteen apologies right here. But no, I, it, it was I mean, because it was a spelling. How do you spell game? dynamite wrong? You spell dynamite wrong. Dino. <laughs> and then he also. <laughs> 
the spelling on Seinfeld yeah. is wrong. Just stop. Just he just stop. put a question on Captain Corelli's mandolin. Okay, this is question mark. I, I would like. To, <laughs> and I, mandolin I like, is spelled with. Oh my god! <laughs> so I would atrocious. like to. T- I would like to talk about <laughs> fake movies first uh, because uh, both of I you not, put on I some. I do not want the the writing on the board job. I don't want it anymore. I can tell. So, so we, both of you <laughs> listed. <laughs> both of you listed movies that I should have put on my list. And when y'all said them, I was like, gosh, dang, I should put that on there. Is this and accents or is, fake uh, movies? Fake movies. Okay. Uh, habeas Corpus, I feel like, is a great one because, you know, it plays through there. And I got to say, History of the World Part 2, it got me. I was waiting. I was excited for that movie to come oh, out. I'm sorry. <laughs> And I so, wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't want to say anything, George. Yeah. I, was, I was being George nice. Put that in the accents. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Again, oh, but, I don't right under Captain stuff. Question Marks Man, Mandol on. But but <laughs> I, I I thought those two movies they should have been on my list. They should have been on my list. So uh, that, that those get y'all, my vote. Y'all, y'all need to get things that are easier for me to spell. You're, you're <laughs> <laughs> well, Mandolin would be a given, I guess. Okay. Uh, you uh, notice I didn't even try to spell Keanu. I just put a K. Yeah. K. <laughs> K Reeves. <laughs> but he got he got well, McCluskey right on the 14th fist of McCluskey. That's well, minor, still miss Seinfeld. I, uh, okay. What what were you even saying, Joseph? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was saying habeas corpus and history of the world part two. I don't, so any, those get my vote. So anything that vote. starts with an H is what you're you're <laughs> yes, doing pretty much, okay. pretty much. Yeah. I'm going with the H's. Uh, well, habeas corpus. I mean, you know how I feel about it. It it was my number two. So, I mean, what do you say, Jim? That's fine with me. I remember it in the the end of the film. Yeah. What about (laughs) history of the world part two? Yeah. Yeah. I will, I will go with that. Cause that, that was a good gag, uh, at the end. Uh, yeah. So we got three, we got uh simple Jack habeas corpus history of the world. Um, did we read them all for our audience? We got McBain from The Simpsons, Al My Balls from Idiocracy, Purple Rose of Cairo, Habeas Corpus, which makes it. Thank you, Joseph. 14 Fists of McCluskey, Sack Lunch by, or in, in Seinfeld. Yes. <laughs> Log Jamming, which that's the big Lebowski. Uh, Brock or simple should Jack be, should be Brock Landers is that character, not Brock Lander is the last name. So what did I do wrong? You put that? it together. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, just, uh, okay. is it, we're, is it too? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Okay. An- Angels live in my town. Oh, his first name is Brock. Okay. Yeah. I just, yes. I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> Explaining was just too much time too much. Yeah. We're like, let's just move on. <laughs> Uh, Goodwill Hunting 2, Hunting Season, Jay and Bob, Operation Dynamite, Dynamite spelled correctly now. Yes. Um, But it's the Italian Operation. Oh, is that? Yeah, no, 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 we're good. Don't worry about it. Mutants of 2051 AD from Strange Brute, Threat Level Midnight, The Office, and then, of course, History of the World Part 2 makes it. Um, Honestly, man. You know, so the, many good choices here. Yeah, the ones from Once Upon a Time or Hollywood were good, but I thought the ones in Grindhouse that he did were, were a little bit more 
I don't know. It just seemed like there was a little bit more zest there. I know I did appreciate the posters more than the actual footage from the movies. So uh, what yeah. about uh, Mutants 2051? No, I mean, AD. I'm a big strange Bruce uh, fan. Yeah, I'm all for that. We can put that in there. Well, that only gives us one left uh, to do something with here. Um, I think an argument for Goodwill Hunting 2, because it is the same actors, and yeah. that that big is thing, just yeah. exceptional. You're watching it and you're like, oh my gosh, they really got him. They really, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I could, I could do with that. Uh, but that's I'm fine with, with that. that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I had, for, I had forgotten about that. So we got habeas corpus from Robert Altman's the player, simple Jack, uh, tropic thunder, goodwill hunting to hunting season from Jay and Bob. Um, what is the full title for Jay and Bob? Jay and Bob's uh, Strike Back. Strike Back. Yeah, I knew it was the second one. Uh, Mutants of 2051 AD, Strange Brew, and closing it off with the classic Mel Brooks, History of the World Part Two. All right. So for accents, we've got Mickey Rooney and that horrible accent uh, from <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, Kevin Costner already makes it in with uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mike Myers with Gold Memba, uh, Peter Sellers as Jacques Cousteau. Dick that was Van a good Dyke. one. I probably would if I would remember. Yeah, that, Clouseau. Would, let's put that one in yeah, because I, I agree. Put that in if I remember okay. that. Yeah, yeah. Right. I did see. So that, I just think it's you know. Yeah, that's 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 such a good accent. Keanu Makes, Reeves as uh, such the, a bad accent. <laughs> yeah, Bram Stoker Dracula. Daniel Plainview. Go ahead, Jim. I'm an oil man. This is my son, H.W. There will be blood. Sophie's <laughs> choice. I don't know how we can't put House of Gucci in here. Yeah, after uh, after the love for Jared. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nick Cage. Like we, a mouth. We've given love to Nick Cave on his own. Uh, Nick Cave. Yeah, uh, like Nick I said, Cage. he's House of not Gucci. Nick Cage, light, sorry, so. not that guy. Nick Cage. Um, uh, Dr. Strange Love with Peter Sellers. We've got him represented, so I'm okay without that. Uh, coming to America, Saul from the barbershop, and then John Voight. I, I'm, I could swing John, John Voight from Anachota. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I doing this job? <laughs> Anachota, that's the movie I want to see. Put that in the fake movies over there. <laughs> yeah, the John Voight, the John Voight's really a kind it's of a, getting, it's getting worse. It's uh, kind of a miracle to see the John Voight. You're like, this is the same guy who Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> He's brilliant. Runaway train. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And then and he's doing an accent what, in runaway train, isn't he? Isn't like a Brooklyn type thing. Uh, he's got a very thick uh, uh, New Jersey or Brooklyn yeah, yeah. accent. Oh, and it's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so he can perform an accent, but uh, not this. <laughs> but in Anachoda, no. he's everywhere. He's all over. In Anachoda, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how actually how he pronounced Anaconda in, <laughs> Just in the movie. Yeah. He was trying to do like almost like a Scarface, almost like a terrible Scarface. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so it's four. We need one more. It's gotta be, it's gotta be Jared Leto. I mean, you gotta think with, with all, all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So we end up with Costner, Peter Sellers, Dick Van Dyke as Bert, the chimney sweep, uh, Jared Leto from house of Gucci and John Voigt from the movie that will not be named. So that is, uh, that <laughs> is a, there. 
All right, there we go. We have finished up. Uh, CrispyCodedRobots.com is where you need to go for all of our information. If you want to email us, CrispyCodedRobots at gmail.com with your complaints, questions, whatever you have, concerns, <laughs> suggestions. <laughs> Spelling tips. Spelling tips. Uh, our merch is at CrispyCodedRobots.com too, so you want to check that out. So there you go. Let's go ahead and shoot this up so we can bring it back down and bury it. <laughs> that's how this show works we'll, we'll, we'll question that we'll question that one later there we go okay shovels everybody all right i think we're done go ahead george no interruptions here all right remember there's always tomorrow oh ow my balls <laughs> would you like to ride on the ferris wheel with the georgie boy and a little mouse <laughs> Play some rope. Come on up. Come on up. <laughs>